Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Welcome back, everybody, to the Travel Mug Podcast. As promised, back on our very first episode, Jen is going to share some of her road trip fails with us. Yeah, I've had a few road trip fails and uh, I want to learn how to plan a better road trip because now is the time for road trips. So um, I thought that Megan and I could share some uh, road trip tips so you don't make the same mistakes that I have. (laughs) Let's do this. So my first story is from when my husband and I first started dating. Um, It was our first road trip together. And we were driving from uh, my hometown of Liverpool to where my grandparents live in Cape Breton. And so it's like a five hour drive. Yeah. Um, We broke down just outside New Glasgow. So um, my husband was driving along and I started hearing this clicking and I was like, what is that? And I was like, maybe you should pull over. And he pulled over and like, there were smoke. There was like, Oh no, it was really, really not good. (laughs) So I, I think I reacted better than, than I would now. Cause we had only just started dating. So you right, right. can't go nuclear when you've only been dating for like three months. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that I had CAA. I was on my parents' plan And so I called CAA and they're like, "Uh, actually, no, you don't. Your parents (gasps) canceled this plan. Um, I don't want to throw my parents under the bus though, because (laughs) they actually came to get us. So (laughs) thanks mom and my stepdad that um, we sat for a long time in New Glasgow. Uh, Also, we had another slight breakdown driving from Halifax to Montreal. Our our air conditioner broke in August. So- (sighs) Yeah, that was no fun. (laughs) So my tips would be to make sure your car is in good working condition. I like it. I think that is a great place to start. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we didn't know that either of these things was going to happen. Our air conditioner had been being wonky for a little while, so maybe we should have got that looked at before we decided to drive, um, you know, 13 hours or whatever it is. And you couldn't have known. And I think if, if it's one of those things that you can make, you know, make sure as much as you can, I guess is the key there. Definitely. So the next tip is to have a plan. If you break down, (laughs) (laughs) having a plan helps. (laughs) It really does. Um, we have roadside uh, knock on wood, We've never had to uh, use it, but it is a really good plan to have uh, roadside. If you do, you just never know, um, much like you thought you had CAA, which probably would have solved a lot of your issues. Not having a plan makes for maybe sitting on side of the road like you did for a while. One of the other things I think that's key too is ensuring you have like a roadside kit in your car. So that can mean a couple of things. So a spare tire and a jack, um, I think are really big keys. Most cars now come with them, but if you have an older car, just making sure that your spare tire has enough air 
you have, you know, the tools that you would need to change a tire, snacks and water, a blanket even. Um, and maybe even if you're paranoid, like I am in regards to gasoline, maybe even having some only just for the road trip. Um, if you feel like you may get in an area without a service station, you really just also don't know where there are dead zones with no cell service. So much like we were talking about having a plan, being able to call somebody it may not be possible depending on your carrier. So I always find it's better to be over-prepared. Definitely. Yeah, actually, my husband broke down last year and we have CAA now and he had to use it. So, um, but it was February and it took an hour for CAA to get there. So the blanket was key because the car actually wouldn't turn on. So yes, blanket definitely in the winter. Um, I'd also recommend a shovel in the winter just in case you get like stuck. We have like a short um, like car size, I guess, a little compact shovel. If you get stuck in a snowbank, at least you have that to get out. That's a great idea. So my next story is uh, also from a little while ago. I think it was about 2010. And my husband and I were driving from our home in Halifax to Boston to go to a John Mayer concert. And I did not plan very well. Um, we did not have a GPS. Mm-hmm. Did not have smartphones back then. Um, you know, still had a nice little slidey keyboard phone, so that was not helpful. Uh, <laughs> Huge, but not helpful. Uh, no, yes. Um, I had printed off maps from MapQuest. That so... makes me laugh. Like I, 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 I saw that, and I was like. Wow. Yes. Heavy duty stuff. That's a a throwback right there. (laughs) I don't think anybody does that anymore. But anyway, we got lost. Shocker. Right. Um, We missed an exit. We we were a mess. Um, We stopped for directions in a pretty sketchy neighborhood. I was both afraid to stay in the car and afraid to get out of the car. (laughs) That was nice. Um, we had to keep asking for directions. We eventually got where we were going, um, but right. we couldn't, we stopped at places and couldn't buy a map anywhere. Wow. Um, yeah. At gas stations or anything. It was a little crazy. So before you leave home, <laughs> you should probably have a GPS and a map. You know, I know we rely on our phones a lot and I do too with Google maps, but phones die. So uh, maybe bring a phone charger, external battery, if you plan on using that as your GPS or bring an actual GPS uh, as well. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And for the kids listening, a map is actually printed on paper. Mm, yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's going way back there. <laughs> Learn how to read a map before. <laughs> I know probably some people don't anymore, but uh, it's a nice like comfort to have Oh, maybe a book or a map just, just in case, especially if you don't know the area very well. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, We really have done a lot of driving and having a GPS either on our phones, but mostly actually an actual Garmin GPS in the windshield has saved us uh, like countless times. I remember we went to Pittsburgh once and I think we got on and off the freeway about 12 times. And if I had had to read a map to enable us to do this it never would have occurred. We'd still be driving around Pennsylvania. (laughs) 
Um, one thing I'd like to suggest too is do your research for your drive to see if there are any hidden gems. And if you are a regular listener, you know that Jen and I love our hidden gems. Um, and see what you can find along the way. I know here in Nova Scotia, there's the big blueberry in Oxford. You can stop and get your picture taken with or Carter's Beach, which a previous listener had actually mentioned as a hidden gem in the province. So I highly recommend maybe stopping to have lunch there. So your destination doesn't necessarily have to be everything. It's really great to have some pit stops planned, whether it's just for pictures or lunch or to stretch your legs. Jen, is that something that you guys have done in the past yourselves? Yeah, I think that we've struggled with this because I don't treat a road trip as a an experience. I'm like, let's get in the car and drive there. And so we've like exhausted ourselves driving 12 hours, you know, basically straight. So that's definitely a piece of advice that I need to take. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sort of the same way because I'm like, you know, we have a plan. Let's arrive. Yada, yada, yada. Peter's much more laid back and much more, oh, that's cool. We should stop. And it really has helped me sort of like chill a bit, which I think is always necessary rather than trying to make it all enjoyable instead of just the destination enjoyable. For sure. So my next story, um, we were driving from Nova Scotia to New Brunswick, which is just the next province over. Um, We didn't get lost, which was good, but we didn't have any money for the tolls at the Cabaquid Pass. So I think it's $4. Maybe it's gone up. Yeah. So back then they didn't take credit cards. I think this was like maybe 2012 or something around there. Uh, So they like ended up taking down our information and we paid on the way back through, which was really (laughs) nice. I don't know what else would have happened. (laughs) Get turned around. But yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, they take credit cards now, and so, um, but you should still look and see if there are tolls on your route. Oh, definitely, and I think, you know, I don't even think they got the ability to take a credit card or anything until the pandemic, when there were so many people, like, going to and fro, so thankfully, the Cavaquid Pass here in Nova Scotia is now in the 21st century, (laughs) and I just, just to add on, this actually happened to me and my friend, we were on a work trip, same thing, we essentially got an IOU for the return trip, Mm -hmm. Um, and we're just like, okay, we'll pay you on the way back, and then we're like, of course, we get on the way back, and we tell them, we owe you money, because that's what Atlantic Canadians do, and they're like, oh, thanks. Let, you know, we'll take $8 instead of four and off we went. So it, a very, very strange experience. Yeah, it it is. And I know driving around um, the U.S. a bit, there's a lot, a lot yeah. of tolls. We don't have that as much, at least in Atlanta, Canada. Uh, so, I mean, just making sure you're having change, like quarters and stuff, because uh, a lot of them were like 75 cents. So, you know, you don't necessarily want to swipe your credit card for 75 cents. So just keep that in mind. And uh, while you're mapping out your route for tolls, um, map out your route for pee breaks and food breaks and getting gas and making sure you know where gas stations are. Oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, when we get to the halfway point of needing to refill, I start to like get a little itchy and, and rather than just like ride me about it too much, Peter's like, I know we'll have to get gas fairly soon. And he's really good about my anxiety, but I tell you, refueling makes me feel instantly calm. I don't know what it is. Um, but that's how it goes. Yeah. I've never actually run out of gas, but 
we've been close. I know when we were driving to Montreal before, it was like, okay, like where is the next gas station? Like, oh shoot, we're getting kind of low. And then one other time I was with my best friend and we were driving uh, from Minnesota back to Thunder Bay. And she was like, oh, my car can make it. Like, no problem. We're getting, we were, you know, we're in, we were in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota, like nothing anywhere. I don't even think we had cell service at some points. I was freaking out. And my best friend's like, I know my car, we're going to be fine. And I, I, I didn't relax until we rolled into that gas station. I was so stressed out. So I'm, I would not do that to myself. (laughs) That was horrible. Did you tell her that the trust was broken? Like I, I'm like really stressed here. Like that would stress me out. I mean, we made it. So I guess (laughs) she did know her car. (laughs) Yes, I guess. (laughs) I've actually seen that some new cars text you when the fuel is getting low and I need that in my life. I that like is, that. That's fancy sounding for sure. I, I, I've actually only ever run out of gas once. And that was when I was younger delivering pizzas. The people on the other end, when I did get there, were not happy. But I guess that one incident scarred me because here I am with gas anxiety and <laughs> refueling. So it, it obviously stuck with me. It did. You learned your lesson young. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I did, but I wish I was more chill. Anyhow, here we are. <laughs> Um, so for us, we did one time now this all comes down to planning and I've really loosened up over the years much more with the planning and Peter's sort of come to the middle where he plans a little bit more. So we've got a groove, but we did once drive for 14 hours from Halifax and ended up in Burlington, Vermont, which is popular. It's a great little city, but it was during the summer. We had no place to stay and it cost us a lot of money to get like literally one of the last rooms in town. It's funny, we have gone back since and stayed there because we enjoyed it, but that was out of dire necessity. And along the same lines too, is on a drive to New York City, we did not plan our first night accommodation. We knew we wouldn't get there um, that same night. So we had to literally find some random roadside, like I swear, like Red Roof Inn or something. It was like late at night. And that is just, just not my comfort zone. I I don't need to plan everything, but I need to know where I'm going to like lay my head. So really that's the first tip there is really to reduce stress, plan your stops for the night and book your accommodation in advance. If you love flying by the seat of your pants, ignore what I've just said. But if you want to know where you're sleeping, I would highly recommend that. Yeah. I can't imagine driving somewhere without a plan on where you were going to sleep. I, that I can't, I can't even. (laughs) No, no. And we do have, we've not done it since. And, and Peter's now on board. Like, yes, we should know where we're sleeping at the very least. What else, uh, what else do you recommend? Yeah. So if you're planning a road trip with multiple stops, if you're staying the night along the way, um, you can research the area and find other small little detours that are around, um, for something to do and just kind of make your road trip more interesting and explore different places. I know we've done this like driving uh, into the States and just kind of taking little detours to like even waterfalls or um, national parks just to kind of break it up and see something different. And it's really nice to just explore the little areas you're in, uh, not just drive to your final destination. 
hundred percent. And again, I never used to be the fan of the road trip, but Peter's really molded us into sort of like, you know, having fun and doing a little bit more than just the driving, the one place, the moving on. So if you are staying somewhere, like you said, multiple days, do some research, see what's in the area, because there may be some hidden gems um, that you might want to see along the way, which I think are, are important if, if the purpose of your vacation is a road trip. Yeah, I think you have to be careful in planning that you're not trying to drive too much in one day or even in the next couple of days. You don't want to drive 12 hours, sleep, drive 12 hours, sleep, drive 12 hours. Like that's, no. it's way too much. So trying to break it up with um, days where you have shorter driving times uh, makes everybody happier. No, a hundred percent. And that's exactly what we do. So let's say Iceland, for example, we did the whole country and I know we didn't see everything, but we drove around the whole thing. So to make sure that things were broken up properly, we we're like, okay, what's four hours from this stop? You know, what can we do in the meantime? Is four hours a good stop, a good stop for the next one? And then what can we plan in between? So I think it's really about enjoying it. And I think a lot of people dread road trips because they just think destination. But if you really can break it up into small manageable driving chunks, and it's great for the driver. So if you're not sharing driving as well, it really helps with like, you know, driver burnout, like they're, you're not, you know, going so far every day. And I think, you know, another key to that too, is being open to being spontaneous when you are planning your route. So this happens to us all the time. So maybe what you had in mind originally is too far to drive in one day, or the place you really wanted to stay for the night that you had your heart set on, maybe it's booked. So just be open to changing things up, looking for spots to stay the night that even if they may turn out to be better, you don't know. If you're not looking around, you'll never know what could be out there. Or really staying totally in a different town if your original preferred town is booked. So you can always backtrack or go forward to that original town if you wish. But you have to be open and understanding. You may not always be able to book what you want, but how can you still make it enjoyable? Definitely. So we haven't done a lot of extensive road trip trips. Most of them have been, you know, maybe two days driving. But um, back in the spring, we started planning our trip to Ireland and we are going to rent a car basically for the first time, I think, on vacation. Wow. Um, usually we've we've either driven our own car from somewhere else or from where we live to somewhere else and back. Sure. Um, I think one time we rented a car for one day in Florida. So the road trip really hasn't been our thing, but we really want to drive Ireland. So what I started to do when I was planning it is making a list of places that we want to go and kind of looking at them on the map and trying to see what makes sense for how much can we get done in one day. I don't want to be too rushed. I want to be able to enjoy this and then trying to figure out what's a reasonable amount of driving for one day and what we can reasonably fit in, in a, you know, 10 to 10 day to two week kind of trip because you can't stop literally everywhere. It's just not possible. Is that no. kind of how you guys plan a road trip? It is a hundred percent. And that's exactly what we did with Ireland. You're not going to see it all in one trip. So you're going to read blogs or 
you know, watch videos on YouTube and have a little bit of FOMO because you're like, I'm not going there. That's not part of my plan, but definitely go into it understanding you likely can't see everything. So you just have to pick the things that are most important to you, figure out like you exactly, like you said, where are they on the map? How much can I get done without rushing myself? We did find when we went to Ireland last year, um, especially in the beginning, we had six nights. Our first six nights, I think were in different places. We saw and did so much, but it was a little bit rushed. I mean, the planning was really great. We got to see everything we wanted to see, but if we had a little bit more time or maybe cut off a day here or there, we could have seen maybe things a little bit longer or spent a little bit more time. It worked out great and we had a really great time, but we just knew that we couldn't fit it all in. So the key is like we've talked about before, if you're not into wax museums, don't spend your time there. (laughs) But if there's things that are really key to you, just make sure that those are on the list, plan accordingly. And then once you've got your hotels booked, maybe you've got a little bit of extra time and then do a little bit more research of the area and maybe find things that do interest you um, that you didn't know were, were there. And I think that that's really super helpful too. And that's what we did when we ended up going to the falconry. We had no idea that we wanted to do that in Killarney. I'm obsessed with owls. Peter found it. We didn't know we were doing it. And then there we were in this meadow with this dude and all of his birds. And it was amazing. It was one of the best experiences of my whole life. And so you have to be open to be spontaneous and you can't plan every second, but the major things are important. Make sure that you have those checked off and and that you can get those done. Definitely. I think that where I fail a lot is underestimating how long you're at a destination. So if I want to stop at a museum or an, you know, an experience that, you know, it's going to, you're going to be there a little while. And so I think that's where I end up screwing up the planning is that, oh, now we're leaving at like 8 PM and we have a five hour drive. Like, oh shoot, like that's not going to be fun. So just trying to probably overestimate how long you might spend at like a, you know, if you're doing a distillery tour or something like that, those things just tend to take longer than you think. I think a big key too, like, I mean, you're exactly right. Overestimating is better and really just trying to not plan too much stuff on the day you're departing from a town. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. We get up in the morning. If we maybe need a couple of extra hours, we take them, but then we get on the road. So mm-hmm. we make sure we have we do the majority of our stuff either the evening that we get there or the full day that we have there. And then we don't rush ourselves the next day because that's exactly what happens. You end up with this really long drive that you hadn't intended. And I mean, as an example, we were at the Guinness storehouse in Dublin we were there four and a half hours. We're like, where did the time go? And if we had been leaving from somewhere, we would have either a cut that short and missed stuff we wanted to do or left really late. And honestly, no one wants to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important and uh, a mistake that a lot of us make. So good things to keep in mind. Definitely. So I think, you know, with our final thoughts here, kind of winding down, um, like we've said, it's, you have to think of the road trip as part of the adventure and not getting from point A to point B. Like sometimes I have, (laughs) Um, you just need to, yeah, like have time to have fun and be spontaneous and, uh, and leave time to stop along the way. And while you're driving, um, we've done a few road trips as a family 
uh, back when I was a kid and uh, we like to play games in the car and, you know, you can do the classics like I spy or whatever. Um, My dad likes to play the license plate game, what we call it. So you're spotting different license plates while, um, you know, while you're driving along and we kind of like would write them down and see how many different ones that we would see. And it was, it was fun. Like we had a really good time with that and we actually still do it every summer. We take like the whole summer this year. We won't see many because no, yeah, not (laughs) not post pandemic game. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) maybe we'll be able to play it again, but yeah, (laughs) but just doing little things like that can make the the driving aspect more um, enjoyable. Yeah. We used to play one too, where we would look at road signs and we would try to get through the alphabet. So it would have to be a place name. So not like random words, but actual place names and try to find like A, B, C, D, E as you drive down the road or whatever. And again, when you're a kid, it takes some time up. But honestly, as an adult, if you need to look around and find something to do, it doesn't hurt to have something to concentrate on. Yeah. Do you know what else I like to do in the car on road trips? What? Listen to podcasts. So oh my goodness. Maybe you're listening to this podcast about road trips on a road trip. Oh my God, imagine it. It's like podcast road trip inception. <laughs> All we need is Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's oh, do- where is he? I'd do a road trip with him. <laughs> Samesies. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, um, everybody, for listening to this podcast, no matter where you're listening to it from. If you enjoyed it, you'll probably also enjoy episode one, which was our travel advice in uncertain times. Um, so if you haven't already really listened to that, it's a great podcast in the library that we have so far. And you know, these still sadly are uncertain times. We're all looking to the future, but we also have to live in reality. So if you want to check that out, go right ahead. As always, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Travel Mug Podcast. And please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing the episode with a friend because that's how we grow. Definitely. So we'll chat again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.